What's up, everyone, and welcome to the house. My name is Caleb Confusioni, and alongside me virtually today are my co-hosts, Namus Smith and Mr. Caleb Prozy, as always. And we're so happy to be bringing you the 16th installment of To the House. We've got lots to dig into today, including Heisman Trophy winner talk uh, in Caleb Williams. Uh, We've got some NFL football starting to heat up, playoff picture starting to finally come into focus a little bit, uh, and much, much more to talk about uh, on this fine December Monday. Well, at least that's when we're talking, but it'll probably get to you a little bit later. I'm going to kick it over to Mr. Caleb Prozy to give us a rundown for episode 16. All right. Yeah. Home for the holidays. So we're all just like in separate locations, but we're making it work. We're making do. So yes, a Heisman winner has been announced. We will get to how that affects Lincoln Riley's legacy. And then we'll give an FSU athletics update, talk a little bit about World Cup, go over the NFL this week, and then finish up with our picks as always. So to kind of jump into what's happening, I want to kick it over to Naaman to give us a rundown of what the Heisman race looked like. Yeah, so um, the Heisman race was between uh, USC, Caleb Williams, and TCU's quarterback. It was just a bunch of quarterbacks, really. It was Georgia's quarterback and Ohio State's quarterback. Um, One quarterback that got injured a few weeks ago that was the front runner before he got injured was Hendon Hooker, and he was a surprising non-invite to the Heisman uh, vote. Um, He didn't make the Final Four, and he didn't get invited to New York. Uh, and a lot of people said it's because he got injured, mm-hmm. but um, it was just really unfortunate for him. He was really the front runner beforehand, uh, but <laughs> uh, then he got injured. But so we'll see. Uh, Caleb Williams was the winner and he still has a year left of eligibility. So he's back next year and he's probably already the front runner for next year. So uh, did you guys have any thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't. I didn't know who was going to beat Caleb Williams out of the finalists. I know it was Stetson Bennett and Max Duggan, right? Those it was just those two guys. Yeah. That, there was no real race compared to like. I mean, Stetson Bennett just doesn't get credit like credit is due. Mm. He doesn't get in the limelight like Caleb Williams does. So I just kind of once I saw it out. If Blake Corum was in it, maybe it would have been a little more competitive. But I think it was going to be Caleb Williams since the finalists were announced. Yeah, that's what my, my whole thing. I, I just wish Blake Corum was invited at the very least. And whether or not he won Who's it. Blake like, Corum? Um, the running back uh, that's, from Michigan. That's Michigan star running back who's who also got injured. Much, who's all, also, also, got also injured, injured yes. <laughs> Help them. I mean, I, I don't think Michigan would have had the success offensively this, like anywhere close to success they've had offensively this year without Blake Corum. So I feel like he was a very integral part of that team who should have been one of the finalists for Heisman. Um, but, you know, Caleb Williams, also integral part of that offense. And, you know, the pretty much the only thing I like about Caleb Williams is his first name. He's just a real – he's just – Me too. Shown, shown, shown to be a little bit arrogant at times. And, you know, hopefully he grows out of that. But so, congrats, on, congrats on the Heisman, bud. Mentioning Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams was a transfer from Oklahoma. He followed his head coach moving schools, and he transferred to USC – so in transfer news, there are some big names that have hit the transfer market because uh, that's the biggest thing going on in college football right now. Devin Leary, mm. NC State's quarterback, is a transfer. Mm. DJ, oh, I'm going to butcher this last name. Ugalule. It's Uyungale, I think, like that, something like that. Okay, yeah. I just so said, Uyungale. said it. 
he's in the transfer portal and he was a five-star like top three prospect coming out of high school, but he really hasn't lived up to expectations. Uh, Texas, their backup is in the portal. He was a five-star QB coming out of high school. Uh, FSU just got a got a tight end commit today. Mm -hmm. Um, do you guys know about that at all? I do. He is a tight end from South Carolina. I actually put his stats right here. He's six, three, 232 pounds. And in his time with South Carolina, he had 30 catches for almost 500 yards and five touchdowns. Mm. So he's pretty good. I mean, good size. Hopefully he can be developed. Well, I'm pretty happy about it, but like as a South Carolina fan, are you mad that he's gone or is he one of those players that he wasn't getting used right? South Carolina. Yeah, I don't think I don't think South Carolina's offense utilizes the tight end very much. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that he was injury prone when he was at South Carolina. So I think that was what pushed him to enter the portal in the first place. Okay, interesting. Yeah, because he was the fourth highest ranked transfer recruit or like transfer mm-hmm. person in the portal right now. Um, but someone who just went in is Grayson McCall. Uh, if you don't know his name, he's the Coastal Carolina QB. Uh, and it's because his coach just went and accepted a job at Liberty, but he just entered the portal. This season, his stats were 24 touchdowns, two interceptions. Wow. So he's going to be a hot commodity. UF and Auburn are the front runners so far. Just throwing that out there. But there's a lot more Power Five schools that are interested. So we'll see. Yeah. So um, a little more news and just what's happening around the world of sports. Another thing about FSU is that no players have came to Mike Norvell and told them they don't want to play in the bowl game. So it looks like that we're going to have a full roster against Oklahoma. I was going to mention Jaheim Bell from South Carolina, the tight end, but we covered that one. And yeah, just to kind of move on, I know that we, you guys wanted to give some World Cup updates, talk about Morocco for a little bit if you can. I'll let you guys have that one. Yeah, Morocco makes it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Morocco, I believe, first African team to make it to the semifinals ever in a World Cup. Is that right, mm-hmm. Naaman? Yep. Which is that's correct. Which is crazy. Um, so right now we have uh, France and Morocco, and then Croatia and Argentina uh, matched up in the semifinals. So we, we you know, technically we, we could get a Croatia and France final again this year if Luka Modric and Croatia. Uh, do what it takes to beat Argentina. And then uh, I think obviously the favorite for the final right now, almost guaranteed would be France over Morocco, but Morocco, again, having a very impressive run so far. Uh, name it. If you want to dive into that a little bit deeper. Yeah. Yeah. So you're sleeping on Morocco thinking that France has an easy advancement into the final because Morocco still has not allowed a goal. I believe that maybe they've allowed like a PK goal, but they haven't allowed like a real goal this entire world cup um you can stat stat check me on that it was a twitter twitter stat i saw but uh the goalkeeper's doing really good um in other news argentina is like getting a lot of pushback from around the world uh just because of just the way that they reacted they were really um let's just say like aggressive team in their last game like messi at one point had a handball and then like at points during the game, they could like Messi walked up to the other team's coach and just literally started like yelling at him. And then when I Argentina won the game in PKs, the entire Argentina team ran right in front of the Netherlands team and started yelling at him. Like y'all are, are trash. Y'all lost. You didn't deserve to be here. Stuff like that. 
So they're getting a lot of pushback from around the world because Messi, whatever team Messi is on, they're going to get a lot of just like Fairweather fans, just like just there to watch Messi. But a lot of fans now are just like, "Mm, do we really want to support Argentina after just like not good sportsmanship they've had recently after that game? So. Yeah, so I I believe so Morocco beat Spain in PKs, and then uh, they they beat Portugal one 0 So that was yeah. So they they've kept clean sheets at least through the uh, at least through the knockout stages, which is really impressive against two, I mean, two solid squads. I mean, to, to hold Portugal Portugal had scored six goals game prior against Switzerland, so obviously they have a high powered attack. So Morocco defensively, yeah, seems to be doing a good job. I I would assume just. You know, based on what I know about Morocco, and I haven't watched them as much, but I would assume they're more of a you know counterattack type team, like you know not and then counterattack and then clog up the middle and in, in the defense to try and just hold the lead, um, which against France is going to be hard to do because France is so well in the attacking third. Um, but that Croatian Argentina game, like you said, Argentina, yeah, and I, I heard a little bit about you know Messi getting a little bit upset and some of their some of the players on Argentina just, you know, being a little bit too aggressive like that game. If there's not a, if there's not an official in that game that sets the tone early, that game could get ugly really fast because that's a game where everything is on the line. You're trying to make the world cup final. Yeah. Um, so that that's I, hopefully whoever's officiating that game sets the tone early, make sure everyone stays in line and things don't get out of hand. Cause I would just hate to see, you know, two teams as tower as Argentina getting you know, some sort of physical fight or shouting match with each other. Like, that's just, you know, that's just kind of taints the the whole game, so. Yeah, so the referee for that game, it was, again, very controversial the way that he called it. He honestly Mm kind of lost the power of the game because he called it so much. Like, players were kind of just – they were just aggravated uh, because, like, everything was getting called to the point where it's like the boy who cried wolf. Again, Mm -hmm. players will eventually just stop listening to you. And he gave out 17 yellow cards. Like, there's only 22 people on a field at one time. You have a few subs here, here, like, here throughout the game. But uh, FIFA did not like the way he called it. And they sent the ref. His name was Matal Luhats. And they sent him home. So, you could, uh-huh. you, could, you could consider it, like, more vacation time for him. But, like, he definitely want to be, like, refing in, the, like, the semifinal or the, the final. But uh, FIFA didn't really like the way he called it. Um, so he's back home. Any other breaking news, Prozy? Um, I mean, one quick note, FSU got their first ACC basketball win men's team. They beat <laughs> Louisville, who was the only team underneath us. Uh, but it was fine because we won by 22. So it showed a little more dominance and uh, Prozy, what was our combined record with Louisville? So they were oh and eight when they came to face us, and we were one and nine. So it was one and seventeen was our combined record. Oh yeah. So it was a little bottom of the pit matchup, but it was fine. I mean, good game, good morale. People enjoyed it. So I was not at the, the worst. game, so it was cool. We're not the worst, so that's We're good. not the worst. That is true. But moving on, I want to talk about the NFL last week because there was only one college game, which was actually really good. We'll get to that later. But uh, right now, the talk of the town is Brock Purdy. That man is 2-0 when he plays in a game for the 49ers. So he's he he won There's against an the Dolphins. FSU tie there too, and the Bucks. He what? There's an FSU connection there too. Oh, because Chuba Purdy, his younger brother, used to be on our team before transferring to Nebraska. 
Yes, mm-hmm. Chubba was a Purdy brother was in Tallahassee. So, what are your guys' thoughts on Brock? I think I think it's really exciting. Uh, I think it's honestly full circle because the guy who he beat, Tom Brady, uh, mm-hmm. was literally sixth rounder, like was supposed to be a backup, and mm-hmm. this guy in his first career start beat Tom Brady. Yep. Uh, again, Tom Brady's having a pretty bad year, uh, and Brock Purdy has a pretty good defense behind him, but. Yeah. It's literally, it sounds like the exact same story as Tom Brady's first year. Uh, that doesn't mean he's going to be Tom Brady, but it's really cool to just see someone like that succeed. And it really just shows that uh, never give up. Uh, this guy was literally the last pick in the NFL draft. He was called Mr. Irrelevant and his new nickname yeah. around the locker room is Mr. Relevant. So, yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's he's pretty good from what I can tell. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think he's – to me, he looks like a Jimmy G that can do a little bit more with his legs. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's honestly kind of what it looks like watching him play. And, I, I mean, since since the Niners picked up McCaffrey and McCaffrey has shown that, like, McCaffrey works in that offense and it's a whole other element to that game, I've really liked the Niners to make it to the Super Bowl. Like, I, I really think they could come out of the NFC just given that there's not a lot of other teams in the NFC. There's Minnesota – there's obviously the Eagles, um, but I think the I think the Niners could really make a run in the playoffs and Purdy leading the charge. I love it. I think it's awesome, and it works out for the Niners organization because say if Jimmy G were to make a run, right, then they might have to turn our next season and really pay Jimmy G. Now he's not really going to have an opportunity to do much unless unless he is able to make it back in the playoffs, which we'll see. But he's not really going to be able to do too much. He's not, you know, he's not going to make a huge playoff run because he's probably not going to be on the field. So it works out for the Niners organization because they don't have to, they're not going to have to dish out a huge contract for uh, Garoppolo. So it's interesting. The Niners, honestly, they don't really have to have a good superstar quarterback because of the star studded group that's surrounding him. So Brock Brady gets to learn with a wonderful defense and a great offense as well. So, I mean, it's, it's a win-win, but like you don't have to have like a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes for that team to be successful. Mm. So, which is rare, which is rare in the NFL these yeah. days. I Go also ahead, think I think the key to their success is a cheap quarterback right now, mm-hmm. uh, just because they need a guy that again won't cut into the budget too much because they're already paying all these stars a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. So they don't need a guy that has a good year and then demands top dollar. They need a guy that's content with just middle of the pack. And then he knows where he is. He knows he's not great. And he knows that he would only be good on the 49ers. That's so, true. Um, but, okay, I have a question for both of y'all. All right. Okay. Favorite Christmas tradition that you do with your families on the podcast? Okay. On the spot right here. We didn't even well, prep this. So. Uh, my, my family, what we do is we like – we don't get gifts for every single person. We all just like draw a name and then get a gift for that person. So every person doesn't get like eight or nine gifts that they have to like, I don't know. We just like, as like the grandkids got older, we just decided it was best to just do like one big gift for everybody. So like, I'll draw like one of my uncles or like my cousin and stuff like that. It's just easier. And that's just like a tradition we like to do. Okay. Yeah. I think for, well, it's kind of funny I talk about this because this tradition kind of died this year. But I always, we would always go 
I mean, we'd always go pick out a tree together. Like that was just kind of something that might like, we'd always make a night out of it, like go get Starbucks or whatever. And, uh, all four of me and my mom and dad and my sister, and we'd go pick out a, a live tree. That was always the, uh, that was always the, the, the plan. And that was, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's nice picking out a live tree because it's, you get the smell and the, you know, you get to go through the selection process and everything, but this year we have a tree. So, you have um, a what? We we finally my parents got an artificial tree this year what? because yeah because which is honestly it's smart it takes away the tradition but it's fine um it's 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 smart because it'll pay itself off within a few years and it's also it also looks a lot better mm-hmm. and the the live trees these days are getting like crazy expensive like there's some dudes that take some real pride in their Christmas trees um, they'll charge like upwards of 200 bucks for a tree and i'm like dude this is going to be in our living room for like maybe a month (laughs) like so but it but we still you know we'll decorate it together and everything so that's always kind of been a big deal for us i guess yeah just to quickly run through the rest of what happened last week in the nfl um jags win on the road in nash and then and then uh lions beat the vikings in detroit they're on a roll uh dolphins are on a zero and two little streak they're losing uh let Nathan talk about that in a second eagles offense absolutely tears up the giants when they're playing at the giants stadium uh chiefs squeak by the broncos but russell wilson is probably on concussion protocol after a nasty hit that he took and saints win the bye week so uh, they didn't have to play so no heartache or potential heartbreak for caleb here but i'm going to talk to Naaman and ask him say one thing hold on I feel like the Saints didn't win the the bye week because, like, even though they didn't lose, hear me out here. The Bucks lost, and they're still somehow two games behind the Bucks, who the Bucks are now like six and seven, and they're two games behind a six and seven team. Yeah, so like, did they really win the bye week? Well, well, and the 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 Panthers won, so now they are. Uh, I believe the pan. I, I think we're in dead last in the NFC South. So we are the worst team in the worst division. Mm. So crown, yeah. crown us. But Naaman, I want to ask you, we didn't get to your Christmas tradition. What do you do? And then you can talk about the dolphins. Yeah. So my favorite Christmas tradition is I don't really get to see my family uh, other than my parents. And the, well, I don't get to see my, well, I don't get to see my family outside of my parents that much because they live in Atlanta and they live in Pensacola. So getting to see them is definitely my favorite tradition. Um, I miss them every time I leave their houses and they're just really good people. Um, And just getting to hang out with my cousin, my cousin's my same age. So we just talk life Uh, and like watching Christmas movies as as a family. And the Christmas tradition part is my dad always goes to bed like halfway during the movie. And like the entire family's like, no, stay. And he's like, no, I got to go to bed. It's the most annoying thing in the world, but it's a tradition. So, uh, but uh, so the Dolphins, though, um, they're not looking too hot. And I think it comes down to Tua. I think Tua was riding a real big high. Uh, I think he was overperforming based on just how he was and what his talent is like. And that's a credit to Coach McDaniels. But um, he's just come down to earth. Um, I think he's come down to what he just normally plays like and teams have exposed him starting with the 49ers last week, really good team. 
And then this week, the Chargers, they don't even have a really good run defense. But um, they just – I guess they just shut down them. Their pass defense is really good. And Derwin James for the Chargers, FSU alum, was out as well. And mm-hmm. the Dolphins still found a way just to struggle passing-wise. Um, Tyree Kill yeah. showed his dominance speed-wise. Uh, he recovered a fumble at like the 50 yard line and just ran it for a touchdown nonchalantly yep. making that all was- the other players on the field just look like really slow linemen, which was crazy to see. But yeah, so yeah. I, I'm still optimistic about the Dolphins. I think we'll make a wild card spot and we mm-hmm. just got to get hot because uh, yeah. our upcoming game is going to be our next games in Buffalo. Yes. And it's projected to be like two feet of snow. So uh, not the uh, Miami strong rebound in that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. True. that was a I, I watched a lot of that game last night, actually. And it was I, I will say, yeah, Tua looked to That was one one of two his worst performances like of the year. He was like three for 17 at one point passing. Like, it was bad. He just he just looked very out of sync with these receivers. Not good. And that, but I will say on the other side of the ball, Herbert looked Lights out, dude. Herbert looked so good last night. That's the first game he's had Mike Williams and Keenan Allen both start and finish the game without either of them getting hurt together. So Herbert's got a lot of weapons. <laughs> not in the sitting they're not a lot of a lot of them are like big name guys, but I mean he's got Keenan Allen, he's got Mike Williams, he's got uh Here Carter, a few other dudes who can catch the ball, and obviously Eckler at running back. So that's an offense to you know watch out for they do sneak into a playoff spot. Uh, with a wild card, but they looked real good last night, so I'm excited for maybe they're catching some heat towards the end of the year. Yeah. But one team that came out of nowhere, and my colleagues on this podcast had an incredible prediction. Against all odds, with six other people around, he was the only one who predict the Jaguars to upset the Titans, and he's on the podcast today. Uh, would you like to talk about that, Percy? I am very happy about the Jags. The Jags are wonderful. Trevor is good, and the Titans suck. That's all I'm gonna say. I also picked the Jags. Just FYI. So it wasn't as not... memorable of a pick, though. So that's fair. I, hey, I had I had like fact. Usually, okay. I was saying this yesterday. I usually on the podcast, I always pick the Jags, undeniably, because I can't not. But I actually had like information behind this one. So I feel better about this pick than my normal ones because I actually like had a little bit of an unbiased logic. Yeah. And we'll update you guys with standings next week. Um, And next week will be our big Christmas episode. Um, So stay tuned for that one. Uh, We'll definitely, everything we talk about will be Christmas related next week. Sweet. Uh, But we need to head into picks. So pros, Mm -hmm. do you want to do the picks? All right. I'm going to, Quickly, I've only got there's only a couple of college games, just like these little bowl games this week. But and then I want to mention real quick the Army Navy game was way better than we thought. We should have picked it because it went into double overtime with Army edging out Navy. Very good game. But the two games I have is Cincinnati is playing in Boston against Louisville, which is an ACC uh, team. And I would like to know what your guys' thoughts on that game, like picks wise. Okay. Um, Wait, who are the two teams again? Sorry. Cincinnati and Louisville. Okay. So both just recently went through coaching changes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with Cincinnati. So. Me too. I think I'm going to go Cincinnati. I think 
Louisville has some guys that just like opted out of this bowl game too. So I think Cincinnati has more of a full roster. Yeah, my my gut says Cincinnati on that on this one too. Uh, Louisville's quarterback though, watch out. Um, he's a good runner. Gave FSU fits earlier this year, but I think Cincinnati will win. All right, and then I just want to kind of slander the Gators a little bit. So the Gators are playing Oregon State in Vegas. And I, I just want your guys' opinions on how bad Oregon State is going to whoop the Gators. I think it's not going to be close. Uh, most people forget Oregon State was the team that originally took uh, – well, no, they actually didn't beat UNC, but they – USC. But they made it really close against USC. Sorry, mm-hmm. uh, forgive me on that. But I think Oregon State's a really good team. Um, so I'm going to go with Oregon State. Uh, I'll say by 13. 13. Okay. I think that's, yeah, uh, I'm going to say Oregon State as well. Oregon State in that game, the game, they played Oregon in rivalry week and they uh, they won, which was pretty huge. That's a pretty big win. They looked pretty dominant um, in that game. Uh, so if they're playing anything like that, which that was pretty recent, then I, I think they could beat the Gators. Uh, let's be bold. Let's say by 17. Let's go to 17 yeah. points. Hmm. So. I'll, I'll stick in the middle. I'll say 14. So oh, wow. Wow. moving on, we're going into week 15 of the NFL. I've got three games wait, for wait, one more, one more game. Cause Harrison would get mad at us. If we don't pick the Troy, UT. Oh yeah. Game. Troy matchup, by the way, number 24 ranked. versus number 25. Um, Caleb Confusioni, actually his dad went to Troy. So also he you would get do. mad as well. If- yeah. So I picked the Trojans against, uh, who was it earlier this year? App State, who beat App State. Trojans against App State, and they lost on a Hail Mary with seconds left in the game, which was disappointing. Mm. Troy's a great football team, won the Sun Belt. They're killing it this year. I've got Troy for sure in this one. Same. I've got Troy. Uh, Troy by a gazillion. So Sweet. Moving into the NFL Week 15. There's three games on Saturday, actually, this week, and then I picked three games to pick on Sunday. So the three, the first game in the Saturday slate would be Colts at Vikings. I'm going to pick the Vikings. I just want to do all these Saturday games because it's it's just cool having NFL on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I'm going to go Vikings. I'm going to make that quick. Uh, I'm going to pick the not dysfunctional franchise right now. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Vikings over the Jeff Saturdays. This week, next one is like two weeks, but I think they're they are on like a two game losing streak right now. So next one is Ravens at Browns. I think that if Lamar Jackson comes back, then which I don't think he will, um, then I would pick the Ravens. But I think the Browns will get it done in Cleveland. Ooh, um, I think Massage Boy will get the win this week. Uh, I think Deshaun Watson will pull it out. So go Browns. Hmm. Yeah, y'all are probably right because I don't think Lamar's going to come back. Tyler Huntley also a little bit banged up. So uh, let's go with the Cleveland Browns in this one. And then last game on the Saturday slate is Dolphins at Bills in the snow game. I'm going to take the Bills because Miami doesn't know how to play in the snow. <laughs> That's fair. Um, yeah, hey, if it, if it was in sunny South Florida, I would take the Dolphins. I'm still going to take the Dolphins, even though it's going to probably hurt my record. Uh, go Fins. Fins up, baby. But um, I don't expect Tua to play well. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really know how we'd win this game. I just hope we do. So, 
So I, I said in one of the very first episodes we recorded that I thought that the Dolphins would win in Buffalo and that Buffalo would win in Miami. Um, I think Buffalo is going to win this game, but I'm going to stay true to my word and I'll pick, I'll pick Miami. Mm. Okay, cool. All right. For the Sunday, for the Sunday slate of games, Cowboys go to Jacksonville to face the Jaguars. Now the Cowboys almost lost to the Texans at home in Dallas. They had to scrape to get that win. So I'm going to pick the Jaguars who are very red hot on the road. Wow. Um, might I remind you that the Lions just absolutely shut out the Jaguars not even two weeks ago. So, Lions are good. The Lions are good. The Lions are good, but like, you know. Uh, this is such a hard game to pick. I'm going to pick the Jaguars. I'm going to pick the Jaguars. They're red hot. Uh, and I think the Cowboys, they play to their competition. So I think they're not going to take this game seriously, just like they didn't take the Texans game seriously. And the Jaguars are just going to come out red hot. So, I, I really – I hope the Jags win this game. I really do. But Dallas has too much talent. Uh, they have the best running back room in the league. Um, so, I, I think Dallas is going to win. Um, but I, I, hope, I hope the Jags prove me wrong. Uh, next game that I got is the Falcons go to New Orleans to play the Saints. Um, I think I'm just going to – This is a I game think I'm gonna last pick, place right here. Yeah, I'm going to pick Atlanta. I just – I don't know. I just don't trust in the Saints anymore. Jeez. Uh, I think it's – so it's in New Orleans. So I'm going to go Saints. Yeah, I, I have to pick the Saints, of course. Um, hopefully we can get back on track. Running game gets going a little bit. You know, Atlanta's a winnable game, but we'll see what happens. Uh, last game on the dock is the Titans go to L.A. to face the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I think that the Titans are bad. And I think that the Chargers were good last week against the better team in the Dolphins. So I got the Chargers. Mm, okay. Okay. Uh, you're right. Uh, I'm going to go Chargers. Uh, Chargers are red hot. Uh, but I will want to do a prediction on this game too. Lions at Jets. I'm going to go Lions. Just an extra game to the. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jets by a mile. You're going to go Jets? Okay. All yeah. Right. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go bolts with Titans and Chargers because Herbert and Herbert just looks red hot right now. That defense is playing fairly well. And then I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, MCDC and Motor City Dan Campbell and the Detroit hey. Lions. Hey. Just, if okay. the Jets lose this, they're almost out of play. Like they're they're not out, but they're out of the wild card spot. So yeah, they, they are in this game. So yep. It's okay. I hope they can get a win. Mike White, I believe in you. Uh, but that's all we've got for episode 16 of To the House. It is our first ever time doing this apart from each other. Pretty sad, but we figured out a way to make it work. We enjoy everybody for tuning in. We think you guys are the best fans in the world. And we can't wait to come back next week and talk some Christmas. Talk a little oh, bit yeah. of sports, but mostly some Christmas. And as always, this is Naaman, Caleb, and Caleb signing off. Woo! Woo!